Hello, and welcome to episode 54 of the Reconomy podcast, where we discuss economic issues that impact real estate, housing, and affordability. I am Odetta Kushi, Deputy Chief Economist at First American, and here with me is Mark Fleming, Chief Economist at First American. Hey, Mark, happy almost New Year. This is our last episode of 2022. Hi, Odetta. Happy almost New Year to you as well. I assume we're discussing something special for our last episode of the year. We sure are, but it might not be what you think. In fact, I don't think we'll mention the Federal Reserve or housing affordability at all in this episode. You know what? Dare I say this, but that's a relief. I think we've (laughs) discussed those topics more than enough over this past year, and I'm certain we will continue to cover them next year because it's not done. So what will we be covering in this episode? Well, it's funny you mention what we'll cover because the topic of today's podcast has to do with coverage. Wait, witty plays on words. That's my shtick. Um, Is this a harbinger of the year to come? Don't worry, you can keep that shtick next year. I'm not taking it from you. (laughs) Phew, I'm sure our listeners are happy to hear it, or maybe not. But I digress. Coverage as in insurance? Exactly. And before we lose you, listener, I promise this will be interesting. Today, we're going to be talking about insurance and lemons. Yeah, and that's how you keep them interested. <laughs> but but I see where you're going with this. And it's about time we talk about insurance, because after all, we do work for a title insurance company. That's right. But that's not the only reason why the insurance discussion is important. Insurance brings up the topics of asymmetric information and adverse selection. Don't worry, we'll define those in a bit. And those are market situations that appear everywhere. But first, let's just start with a basic definition of insurance. But you were just referring about losing listeners. So yeah, let's just talk (laughs) about those things. Who doesn't like listening to a discussion about adverse selection and asymmetric information other than two economists doing a podcast at the end of the year? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to give it a whirl anyway. Insurance is just a way to manage all kinds of potential risks in life. When you buy insurance, you're purchasing the financial protection against an unexpected health event, life events, car accidents, or other kinds of accidents. And in our case specifically, a risk of losing your property ownership rights. See, I told you we'd bring it back to real estate at least, even if it's not the Fed or housing affordability. Bring it back to real estate. We can't resist. Exactly. And, and, you know, insurance could protect you from future events, as, as we all know it to do, but it can also protect you from the past. Finally, I've been trying to work one of these in for the last few episodes. Something to do with Charles Dickens, right? The insurance of Christmas, past, present, and future. Oh, you you got it into the script today. (laughs) Congratulations. I know you've been trying for a while. Well, we'll talk about what we mean by all of this in a second. But first, I want to talk about asymmetric information and adverse selection. And to do that, we have to talk about lemons. And exciting. This is not referring to the delicious citrus fruit, is it? That's right. That's right. It's actually referring to a famous 1970 paper by economist George Akerlof entitled The Market for Lemons, Quality, Uncertainty, and the Market Mechanism. If you've ever taken an economics course, chances are this paper has come up. But would you care to give us a short summary, Mark? Yeah, nothing like an end-of-year podcast to reference an over-50-year-old paper. (laughs) 
but it's good. It's a good one. It is. The, pa- the paper explains how the quality of goods traded in a market can worsen in the presence of information asymmetry. That means sort of people knowing more about their thing than the other side, the sort of lack of balance of information between buyers and sellers, leaving only lemons, as in the dud car type of lemon, because the paper used, used the used car market, that's a tongue twister, as the example for their analysis. But the paper has relevance beyond just the used car market. The economic theory is actually pretty simple. If buyers are unable to distinguish between a high-quality good and a lemon, they are only willing to pay a price that averages the value of those extremes. The seller is the only party armed with the information to differentiate between the two, right? Because the seller knows they have a lemon, whether they have a lemon or not. And given the buyer's price position in this asymmetrical relationship, will only sell when they hold lemons. The seller with a high quality product will leave the market since buyers are unwilling to pay a premium out of fear of being stuck with a lemon. This is all out of that asymmetric information problem. Right, and eventually as enough of the sellers of the high quality good leave and the average quality on the market decreases, so does the average willingness to pay of the buyer because there's more lemons there, you're more likely to get a lemon, the average price sort of goes down, leading to an ever bigger decrease in higher quality goods in the market because as it gets worse and worse, there's less incentive for that higher quality good seller to participate, you get the sort of that vicious cycle. Therefore, the uninformed buyer's price creates this adverse selection problem that drives drives the premium good out of the market entirely. Another definition here, adverse selection. Adverse selection also occurs because of information asymmetry. So an example is the tendency of those in dangerous jobs to purchase life or disability insurance where chances are greater that they will collect on it. So like our race car drivers, probably a riskier career than let's say an economist. Uh, You don't say. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty safe sitting here at our desk recording podcast episodes compared to those. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Let's talk about all of that in the context of health insurance, something I think we're all a lot more familiar with. A person who is sick has better knowledge of their medical needs and anticipated medical costs, which gives them that asymmetric information advantage in purchasing health insurance. And in response, private health insurers try to avoid the adverse selection problem by screening customers to eliminate high medical users and then establishing higher premiums to cover perceived financial risk. So when we talk about health insurance, we're insuring the present or the future. You get health insurance to make sure that if you are sick or you get sick in the future, you have the insurance to cover your medical bills. But Odetta, you had mentioned insuring in the past. Ah, yes, and that's where title insurance comes in. First, if you are not familiar, we'll answer the question, what exactly is title insurance? And since I seem to be responsible for definitions, I guess I'll go? I didn't even have to ask you. Nice. (laughs) One last explanation. See, I avoided the urge. One last explanation in 2022. So when a property is financed, bought, or sold, A record of that transaction is generally filed in the public record. Likewise, records of other events that may affect the ownership of a property like liens or levies on the property are also filed. When you buy title insurance for your property, a title company is searching those public records to find and remedy, if possible, any prior records that could affect that ownership right. 
Well, then I'll help with the econ-splaining, too. It's my Christmas gift to you. Oh shucks. Thanks, Dodetta. That's so sweet. Thank you. That is me. So some risks, such as title issues due to filing errors, forgeries, or undisclosed errors, are difficult to identify. So after the title company finishes its searching, it also provides a title insurance policy that will help protect the buyer from a variety of issues that might be uncovered later, aka the future. That's right. And if you take out a mortgage loan when you buy your property, then your lender will also require a loan policy of title insurance. Now, this is a slightly different. This protects the lender's right to foreclose, if necessary, on your property until you pay off that loan or you refinance. On the other hand, the owner's policy is protecting you, the owner, with title insurance of your ownership rights in the property. Undiscovered defects in the past are the underlying cause of most title insurance claims rather than events that could occur in the future. So basically, in title insurance, we're insuring the past. Issues could arise long before you bought your property to deprive you of ownership or your right to use or dispose of it. And you don't want to pay the potentially high cost of defending your property rights in court. So what would be the lemon in this instance, Mark, when we're talking about title insurance? Yeah, bringing it back to lemons. Well, the more hidden things there are, those AKA asymmetric information things that the seller knows about the property that are in the past, the more lemony it is. For example, back taxes on a property could make your home more lemony. Uh, I think we might be defining a new economics term of insurance here. Lemony, yeah, add it to the econ textbooks. And of course, we know there are low probability, high severity fraud risks that could occur as well. Oh, that's right. Let's say you just bought a house, but you wake up one morning to a knock at the door and the person at the door is a grandmother who's claiming to be the owner of the house that you just bought. She wants to know why you're in her house. You then go and discover through some research that the woman who signed your deed was in fact not the grandmother who owned the house, but the girlfriend of a person who fraudulently recorded a transfer of ownership from the grandmother to themselves. We sort of made this up, but you get the point. Well, it, I mean, it sounds crazy, but this has actually happened. So in this instance, fraud, fraud was committed in the sale of the property, and now you don't have the good title to your home, and the grandmother probably wants her home back. Uh, you think? That certainly fits the low probability, high risk scenario that one might like insurance for. Right. I mean, people are generally risk averse and pay for insurance to protect against this type of loss. This is all based on utility theory, by the way, but I won't go into detail about that on this episode. Yes, let's not attempt any utility theory here. Let's talk about it more generally. If someone is risk averse, they don't like risk in general, they're willing to pay something for the insurance, maybe more for the insurance to keep what they want to avoid rather than take the chance of having that loss. What they're willing to pay for this security that insurance gives them or the reduction of uncertainty that the insurance gives them is called the risk premium or the amount above their expected loss or the expected payout that might happen in the event of it on the insurance policy that someone is willing to pay to have insurance. In other words, the more risk averse you are, particularly if that high, high severity, low probability event, the more you're willing to pay to insure yourself to avoid it. 
And I'm going to just stop us there because I think we're moments away from postulating a utility function and computing an expected utility, and I won't, I won't allow us to go there. But the point here is that we use insurance to protect ourselves against the hidden risks in the home. Think of the home as a potential lemon. How do you protect yourself as a buyer from this lemon house? Well, you get insurance. Exactly. Bringing it full circle back to the lemons problem. That's right. Well, I hope you all enjoyed this slightly econ wonkier episode of the Reconomy podcast. We hope everyone has a safe and wonderful new year. You'll hear from us in 2023. We've got lots planned for this next year, including some special guests. And as always, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Reconomy podcast. If you have an economics related question you'd like us to feature on a future episode, you can email us at economics at firstdam.com. We love to hear from our listeners. And as always, if you can't wait for the next episode, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Odadakushi for me and at M Fleming Econ for Mark. Until next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Reconomy Podcast from First American. For even more economic content, visit firstam.com/slash economics. This episode is copyright 2022 by First American Financial Corporation. All rights reserved.